So, John, uh, you have been listening to me, and I've been listening to you. Uh, last two episodes, we haven't had a guest. It's been kind of lonely around here. Yeah, I'm um, sick of it. Are, are you ready for another guest yeah. or something? I don't know if I can listen to more of this. <laughs> well, I'm I sorry to the people, but <laughs> I got a little surprise for you. Uh, we've got a little bit of a last-minute guest today. Um, Joe Grishop from uh, Joko. I think it's Joko Fabrication out there. Something awesome. like that. We'll have to talk to him. Uh, he is another UA 2020 participant. Nice. Went wheeling with him for a week in a awesome rig. Uh, I want to bring him on and talk to him about his rig. And of course, you can ask him all sorts of questions as well. I got one right off the rip. Okay. Um, well, let's <laughs> uh, let's just hang on a second. And as soon as uh, we do the intro here, we will uh, have Mr. Joe on. It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. All right, Joe, do we have you online? I think so. Awesome. Well, you know, good talking to you, buddy. It's been, uh, we haven't seen each other for a few months now since September during UA. Greatly appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today, for sure. So, uh, thank you for having me on. Right off the bat here, um, so you own Joko. Now, is that Joko Fabrication, Joko Welding, or is it just called Joko? Joko Fabrication and Welding. Joko Fabrication and Welding. And uh, where are you located? We are in Salina, Ohio, which is 20 minutes from the Indiana state line, about midway down the state. So we're only a couple hours from Cincinnati, an hour from Dayton. Nice. You're in, you're in the stereotypical Midwest, basically. Exactly. All right, cool. And uh, you were, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were one of the invited readers for UA this year. You, Joko was not a sponsor of UA, correct? That's correct. I was one of the chosen few, and I was pretty happy to be. I'm glad they had more than they normally do this year. I feel like I wouldn't have made the cut. <laughs> well, I don't know why you wouldn't have made the cut. Your rig was, uh, I, I think, probably one of the most successful rigs uh, on UA. Um, John, did you have anything you wanted to ask him before we rolled into talking about his rig and all that? I'll, I'll wait till we talk more about the business side of it. It's, it's, it's a business question. All right. Well, <laughs> let's, let's start with, uh, your rig for UA. Um, I've seen it in action. Uh, I don't think you had any breakdowns at all. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but what did you build and bring on UA 2020? So my scout is a 1970 international scout, 800 a. Um, I've had it, I've been wheeling it since 2012, which, yeah, and it was just one of them vehicles. They're cool. It's cooled iron. You know what I mean? Like I'm a Jeep guy. I'm an off-road guy. But when I found the old scout, I thought that'd be something different. Yeah. And everybody's got a Jeep, which I'm not knocking Jeeps. I love Jeeps, <laughs> but yeah, and I wanted something different. So found a way to get it and 
started building on it. It was supposed to be, the joke is, it's my wife's scout. Because when the guy approached me and said, hey, I will sell the scout, my wife was standing and said, we'll take it. And I thought, at the time, I was collecting parts for more of a two-buggy-based vehicle. And I said, well, I'll just throw it together. That'll be a nice family vehicle. Yeah, and my, I didn't have any kids at the time, but I knew they'd be coming. So I bought the Scout and what was supposed to be a simple little throw some axles and motor in it build. Oh, I think we lost him now. Well, did we lose you there? Can you hear us? We lost him. We lost him. Well, we'll, we'll take a quick break there, see if we can get him back, and we'll be right back. Hey, Joe, you got us back. Uh, sorry about that. That has actually never happened to us before. Uh, I don't know what that was all about. Um, the computer just completely locked up on us, and uh, so we had to stop there for a second. We lost the phone call and everything. Um, but uh, we actually lost you at you were starting to tell us about some parts collecting and putting together this rig for a family uh, type of rig, and um, you didn't tell us what parts you had collected, but you said it kind of compounded more than just a simple axle swap. So if, if we didn't completely derail your chain of thought, um, you know, uh, so building this rig, you were putting it together, um, and, and how did it go from being kind of a family rig to what it is today? Well, it still is a family rig. It's just a little bit more capable than I originally planned on. Um, the, I don't know, it was supposed to be, I was building a two buggy and I thought I'd throw this together for a family rig and, and the wife could beat around in a little bit, but it quickly turned into, okay, one tons and I put a big block and I must've been rambling on for a while because I didn't know where I lost you at. That's all right. Uh, yeah, like we didn't hear anything about a big block. So you no. originally had a big block Chevy in it? Yeah, I had a big block 454 in it with a Holly projection and a 400 turbo with the off-road design 203-205 doubler. <laughs> and, yeah, and it was a great setup. I can't knock the big block. And I wanted torque, and I had it. And that was one of the things when I switched to the LS, I was really worried that I was going to lose that off-idle torque. And I couldn't be more happier with that 6.2 I put in there. Yeah, and I put a torque cam, and the thing just runs great. It's got power. Yeah, it's like American Express everywhere you want to be. <laughs> I like um, that. <laughs> it, uh, it pulls down low and keeps going. But, yeah, it was... The, the running joke is that it's my wife's vehicle, and it's her scout. I actually I bought her a, a water pump for Christmas one year. That wasn't the best Christmas present. I don't recommend it for anybody. <laughs> a water pump. I, I don't think I've ever done that, Joe. Although I bought a vacuum cleaner once, and that didn't go over Ooh. very well either. So. <laughs> well, I made that mistake as a young man years ago, and yeah, no. I'm, That's why it's I'm, great having friends that are older than you. You know what not to do when you get there. <laughs> yeah, no vacuum cleaners, no water pumps, John. No <laughs> nope. water pumps. Yeah. Uh, so in this scout you've got here, uh, you, you, you're running one-ton axles under it. What, Dana 60s, Dana 60, 70? What do you have underneath it? So the the axles were military set axles a friend had. So 456 gear, 14-volt rear, 60 front. 
with the factory gov lock or what the military put in for a gov lock in the rear, not gov lock, sorry, a Detroit in the rear. Mm -hmm. nice. And then I put a Yukon Grizzly locker in the front. And you know, the 456 gears are about perfect for the 37s. Um, and the thing did great. And it had plenty of torque, which is what I was wanting out of the big block. And it just, it was a big, heavy boat anchor. <laughs> and that was the only downfall to it. And I wanted to make sure there was a few trails. Like when you get out and we go to Moab, we try to go to Moab every year for the Jeep Safari. And a few of them trail days where, and poison spiders along the trail where we were getting to where we were starting to sputter on some of the inclines because, again, 23-gallon cell just wasn't enough. That big block sucked, sucked the fuel up. Too real thirsty. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I feel like the, the LF you know, is a lot better platform you know, all around. And in the LF, I didn't tell a whole lot of people this on the trip, but when Christian called me and he said, hey, we are down to the dirty dozen, you might get invited, you may not. I said, okay. And he said, if you don't hear from me by Friday, you, know, you didn't make the cut. And he said, I'm not going to call everybody back. So fast forward, Friday comes and goes, and I'm like, all right, I didn't make it. At least I made it to the you know, basically top 12. Yeah, and I felt pretty good that they actually considered my vehicle. And then on Monday, he called me, and I was at the shop, and he said, yeah, and you got any questions? You're in, yeah, and we're going. I thought at that point that the Ultimate Adventure, the first phone call, I thought that it was already canceled because of all the coronavirus stuff. Yeah, and I just, I've already given up on it. So when he calls me back and says, oh, man, I'm jumping up and down like a little schoolgirl," <laughs> And I hang up. He says, do you have any questions? And I said, no, I'm good. And he said, there'll be some emails filling in on some of the stuff. But I hung up the phone and a thousand questions ran through my head. And one of them would have been, where are we going? And at least where to start at. And, and then... I turn around and look out in the shop, and my scout, I had no motor or transmission at when he called. Oh, jeez. I pulled it apart, and we were planning on going to Moab in April, and the uh, coronavirus hit, and, and everything got canceled from Moab. You couldn't go to Moab. They wouldn't let us stay. At least that's what our, uh, who we rented the house from. They said nobody's allowed to come and visit. So... Yeah, and I pushed the scout off to the side and started working on customer stuff. Yeah, and make hay while I can since all this virus stuff was going on. So when he called, uh, I looked out in the scout or at the scout and said, "Oh crap, I got a lot of work to do." <laughs> the motor was there, the tranny was there. I had already had the motor, like I rebuilt it, and I had the tranny rebuilt. So it was just a matter of getting it in the vehicle, getting it wired plumbed yeah and i added some extra stuff for the trip um but yeah it was a lot of work we uh i didn't do a whole lot of work at the shop for customers it was more i need to get scout done because this is a trip of a lifetime i'm not gonna miss this for sure so jeff uh guy that works with me 
and he pretty much took care of all the customer stuff, and I focused on the scout for that five weeks. So, you know, run through quickly, uh, if you can or if you if you would, how do people that are readers, not sponsors, you know, what are the steps to being on Ultimate Adventure? What? How did they – did you have to submit pictures, like, digitally, or did you uh, – you know, you didn't know anybody particularly, or maybe you did. Uh, how did you become an invited reader? I had to. I found uh, Christian posted something on Facebook, I believe, saying, and if you want to be an invited reader, sign up. Yeah, and so I think the only way I found to sign up was through, uh, what's the other social media, not Facebook. Instagram? But, uh, Instagram. So I had to sign up for Instagram, get on there, and uh, yeah, and basically filled out a little questionnaire asking about the vehicle, about me, and then there was uh, sent a couple pictures in of it. And when he called, the first time he called, I was at home. We, yeah, we were cooking on the grill with family and friends were over, and he called on that day, and he. Uh, asked a bunch of questions and yeah and it was the same thing i'm jumping up and down like a schoolgirl at a britney spears concert <laughs> and the i hung up the phone and i said you know he, i was talking to my wife at this time i said i he asked a bunch of questions about scout but i said i felt like it was more of a job interview like they were <laughs> questioning what kind of person i was yeah and and, and it would make sense i mean I wouldn't want to spend a week in the trails with the loudmouth and butthole. So uh, they probably do kind of screen their participants that way and kind of get a feel for who they are. But I don't know if he made the right choice or not, but I was glad that he picked me. <laughs> he made a fine choice, Joe. He made a fine choice. Uh, and who did you bring along with you on the, uh, the trip? Because you had a co-driver as well. I brought Cody Welker along with me. Cody's been, and he was one, I was working on a Jeep for his dad, and Cody was still in high school, and this was in the early days of my shop, but, uh, yeah, and Cody's a younger high school kid. He's played football, and, but he liked to, to wrench on stuff, and it wasn't that he didn't know how to do it. He just, yeah, and he was a younger kid, so when we were working on his dad's Jeep, he started coming up and hanging around the shop and he just, he never left. He helped out with his dad's Jeep and he did so good and he learned so much. And then he started helping with every other vehicle and that I was working on in my scout. And that was, yeah, and I brought him along cause he helped so much with my scout. Yeah. And he's a, he's a smart person and he did a good job. So the uh, so that's how that's um, how you got him there. That's uh, that's so he works for you now. No, he doesn't work for me. Um, he's just a good friend, that, and he helped out so much with the scout over the years when we originally built it. Gotcha. Um, he just he was the one that had to come. That's awesome. <laughs> Did, uh, uh, am I mistaken here now? Um, you didn't have any breakdowns on UA, did you? No, I had that shock mount crack, which, man, it's 
it was what eight years I've been wheeling on that thing and <laughs> that, abuse. That's a pretty minor uh, thing. One shock mount, yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty minor. Uh, now you're. I was really happy. Yeah, and all the stuff that could have went wrong, especially with all the new wiring and new motor, and new transmission. Yeah, and I didn't know what to expect of the trip, so I was really happy with that shock mount. We had that premier power welder. Yeah, we fired it up, got it welded, and got it welded up quick. Nice. And uh, Chris Durham let me borrow his hood. I forgot to bring a helmet. <laughs> oh, so he let me borrow his hood. And... I for I've I didn't know how many premieres we had on that trip, but I didn't know that you had used yours to uh, weld that up. That's pretty cool. I want to get one of those things, man. <laughs> those yeah, they great. they work very well. They work very well. Um, so Joe, um, you also were one of only a couple of participants. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here again, but uh, you didn't have any really any sort of weather protection with that rig, did you? No, and and I don't know why I didn't. I've got a full hardtop that I never put on the scout. <laughs> yeah, and. It, I could have very easily bolted it on. I actually, when we got back, I put it on and I went, I met Keith Bailey down in Tennessee. We went wheeling a couple weeks after the trip, the adventure. And I put it on because I had my kids with me. But that was the first time that I've had it on. And I don't know why I haven't put it on sooner. It's kind of nice. <laughs> did you, I forget, did you trailer your, um, your scout to the end point or did you drive all the way from your shop? Yeah, we trailered it to Jason's from Twisted Customs at the finish line and then drove it to the start in Kalispell. And I didn't know in the beginning we talked about it. Me and Cody were going over how we were going to coordinate this. And then I kind of wanted to drive to the beginning. I said, and it, everything being fresh and new, I said, I hate to break down. I said, I at least want to get the Ultimate Adventure sticker on my windshield. <laughs> there you so go. So if we trailer it to the beginning, at least I could get that far. Yeah, that's something uh, I know, Chad, it wasn't necessarily a complaint, but he had said that he is surprised that they don't try to make Ultimate Adventure kind of loop back to whatever point you start from. And I told him, I said, you know, geographically, it doesn't always work that way. Uh, but that was kind of his thing. He's like, well, you know, it, it, logistics of getting the rigs from one place to another at the beginning of the, or the ending of the trip was interesting. And of course, everybody figured it out. Uh, but it was an interesting uh, way of having to deal with things. That's why I, I trailered Chad's Jeep to the end point, And then they had his and Ian's taken to the start point from that hotshot trucker. And we basically wheeled back to our tow rig. So that, that worked out pretty well, but that would be an awesome aspect though, for future ones, actually make a loop and come back. That'd be really cool. If possible. Yeah. 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 yeah but you know, everything permitting of course. And, uh, but it, it added to it though. It does. I mean, everything about that trip was an ultimate adventure. Yeah. So having to drive to the start and, and ending however many thousand miles away, and it just added to it that much more. I was happy. Trent did an awesome job laying that out. Oh, did and he ever? That was so cool. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. 
that was that was a really neat trip. Um, now, are you going to? Do you think you'll apply again to try to become a, a reinvited reader, or is it a one and done thing for you? Do you think you want to try to do it again? Oh, I would definitely love to do it again if they'd have me. I mean, now I don't know how that works if I sign up again, or I'll definitely uh, turn in my application whenever I see it posted. I but, did. Uh, I did talk to. Uh, I think it was Trent that was explaining it to me. One of the guys was explaining it to me, but basically they will reinvite uh, one or two readers and then you can always apply again to go on. And it sounds like maybe that's part of the thing, you know, like in a couple of months, if you haven't gotten a call from somebody that says, hey, you know, just come next year, then, you know, send in an application and you might be considered as a, you know, reinvited reader. I think you had... On this trip, do we have three or four rigs that were invited readers this year? I know it was more than the normal, like, one or two. Yeah, I think it was at least four, because there was Derek in the, or in the Chevy truck, uh, Brody, the pastel side chick, yep. and uh, the Land Cruiser. Um, they, were, they the were the returning readers, readers. yeah, yeah, because they went up to Alaska with that last year. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, so what was your favorite part of the whole trip? Like, what what was, to you, like, the best part of UA? No, it, it's hard to pinpoint one part of it because everything grouped together and is, is what sticks in my mind. The people were awesome, and then... Going into it, I didn't know what it would be like, and you got a bunch of people from California. Um, just the whole group of people put together, I didn't know what it was going to be like, and I, they were all super relaxed <laughs> and easy to get along with, and people that you would spend a week on a road trip with. And, I got his very gentle dig against Californians there. I did get that, Joe. That did not go over my head. <laughs> You're like, the bunch of people from California. <laughs> uh, we know what you mean. Yeah, we're Michiganders here, so yep. we, we know exactly. what we, We're more neighbors, you and I, and John here, than uh, most of the people on that trip. Like you said, most of them were West Coasters. <laughs> I don't know what they're yeah. missing. And I'm not trying to knock California people. I mean, I have family out there, but you know what? No, I don't know. I, we know what I'm you mean. Talking. You know, one of the things that I thought, um, one of the reasons I think you stood out as a, a very successful wheeler on UA was you are an East Coast, uh, Mideast wheeler. You know, you're used to wheeling a combination of rocks, mud, um, trees, all of that stuff where, um, you know, some of those West Coast guys are really only familiar with rocks. Now, granted, most of this trip was rocks, but, um, you know, I, I've said that many times at, over the years that you really have to wheel the, mid, you know, the East Coast and the Northeast areas of the United States to really get a combination of all the different types of wheeling. Could we get snow, sand, rocks, mud? We get it all here. And, uh, you know, some of that stuff, they just don't get out West or down South. They're not used to, you know, the types of terrain that we get, uh, out here, you know, yeah, we might not have the Rocky mountains, but we have uh, a lot of just different, different types of terrain to have to deal with. And, you know, you have to be a little proficient in all of them. You have to be a Jack of all trades. Right. 
But uh, yeah, and I I used proven parts. I mean, it's not like I was yeah and pulling a bunch of stuff out of thin air to use. It was you know, an LS motor. The 6080 is a great transmission. The off-road design doubler kit. I mean, it's been proven for years with the 203, 205, and it wasn't like I was putting a bunch of parts together and they've been proven for years and they just work. You don't have to worry a whole lot about them. And and what I saw was, and what I was more worried about was the road driving portion. And what I've seen in the past ultimate adventures, watching the movies and videos on motor trend. And that's where a lot of people fail. It's not so much the off road part. And it was a road portion. And, and and when they say and make sure your vehicle can do at least 65 on the road and we hit a lot faster than 65 and maintained (laughs) a lot faster than 65 and that was a part that i feel like as future readers rides or future people that do the trip they want to make sure that their vehicle and doesn't have 538 gears with a set of 38s with a three-speed one-to-one transmission where they're going to be spinning 3,500, 4,000 RPMs for an hour at a time. And that would just kill a vehicle. I felt bad. Like, there was a couple. And Ian, which you saw, he had uh, problems with transmission overheating. And he's running, what, 529 gears or 540 gears with M42s, but with a 400 turbo. And he's got no overdrive. Same thing with Brody and the side chick. He's running a 350 turbo and 38-inch tires. I think he had 538s maybe. But it, yeah, and as far as driving down the road, that's cruising. That's zinging some RPMs for a long period of time. Absolutely. We've talked about that on the show over the years a uh, number of times that overdrive in a street and trail rig is really crucial especially if you're running those deeper gears you know anytime you have these non-overdrive transmissions uh it can really be a problem one of the ways i always like when i build my rigs is i'll do the math uh using an online gear ratio calculator because i'm not that good with the regular math in my head i mean i can do it but um i try to set uh i i figure the gear ratio that I'm going to run and the tire size or the tire size I'm going to run, I figure out the gear ratio. I want to go as low as possible with a max speed of about or max RPM of about 2,300 RPM at 65, 70 miles an hour uh, with my rig. So that'll tell me then what I can run for gears. And that's kind of been my formula I've always used and every rig I've ever built. I've really never had problems with road manners because of that. You know, I'm not like you said, clipping down the road, 3,500, 3,800 RPM with a V8 or even a V6 or whatever, just making that thing scream and overheat and all that. You know, you, you want to keep it more to where it's used to operating as a daily vehicle. And uh, right. that's a, I think that's why you, uh, you, were, you were quite successful there. See, I, I got something totally different out of that last piece of conversation there. All I heard was that you were all running automatic transmissions and having problems. But <laughs> that, that's my you know, take. <laughs> some, of my, some of my favorite rigs this year were the ones running the Cummins 2.8, and they were all running manual transmissions. Mm. And, and I think they're all running different manual transmissions. And some are running the 4050s, some are running the Tremec. 
or not Tremec, but the uh, uh, AX-15. And that was what I was glad to listen to. Uh, quick draw episode you guys were posting. And I didn't realize he offered so much. And the only question I had was, is he offering the complete conversion kits with the motor and the bell housing adapters? or Yes, he what is. What all is Chad offering? Yeah, he is now. Uh, they have conversion kits for a couple different vehicles. Uh, he's just kind of starting into that because he was in the adapter business for the last several years. And then people were calling him more and more wanting a bolt-in package. So I think he has a bolt-in package now at least done or in the works, like really closely done for the 40 Series Land Cruiser and for the, maybe for the Scout, I'm not sure, but I know he has it for, I think, the CJ, TJ, and JK platform Jeeps. I don't know if he has it for the JL or the older uh, Jeeps. But, uh, you know, he's, he's starting to get more and more of those. And he's actually doing a, a special, not to plug Chad too much, but he's a good friend of ours, so we, we do a lot. But uh, he's running a special. I think it's still going on where it's an extra $5,500 or something like that. He does the complete install on your rig. And... Uh, mm-hmm then he uses that as a pattern for future ones. So he's got a lot of stuff going on and, you know, people can check out quickdrawbrand.com to get information about that. But, you know, speaking about businesses, we need to talk a little bit more Joko. Like, uh, so your shop, what do you do? What's your, what's your, your bread and butter there? Yeah. What's your forte? What do you do over there, Joe? I don't know if there's any one thing that I do more than anything. Yeah. And I like, I like working on the off-road stuff. So, Right now in the shop, I've got a 76 Scout 2 that's a really nice Scout. Um, as far as you know, what I see around here, you know, most of them are pretty rotten, um, which makes it that much more of a shame that Jeff rolled his Scout as clean as that thing was. You know, it almost makes me cry. And, and I'm not necessarily a Scout-only guy, but it was just a really nice Scout, and I appreciate cool vehicles so but uh as far as in the shop i mean i've got that scout i'm putting a fuel injection on it yeah which is a hamilton fuel injection um which he makes specifically for the scouts yeah and it's it's the way to go when it comes to scouts um i've got a 68 c10 pickup in there that i'm lowering and it's two-wheel drive so i'm dropping it down a little bit, putting disc brakes on it. This this thing had four-wheel drum brakes, manual drum brakes. So just to make it more drivable and make it yeah, and drive friendly. Yeah, and it's an older guy. He's had it for the last 25 years. He said, let's lower it down a little bit, make it so my wife can get in and out better. And uh, But, I mean, I work on anything. Whatever keeps the lights on. Yeah, and I, I serviced an Amish van yesterday, changing the oil. We do a lot of welding projects. Do you, do you say an Amish van? An Amish van. So where we're at, close to the huh? Indiana line. So you had to change your oil on the horse or the... I don't want to know about that process. <laughs> where do you put the filter? That's my only question. 
I, I know what he's talking about. They yeah. they they will go out. They'll they'll have vans and they take people out to different areas yeah. and work. And so uh, so you were working on their van, huh? Working on a van, yeah. But we also have yeah, three bridge ports, two mills. I said that wrong. Three bridge ports and two lays, um, which uh, Jeff that works with me is. Uh, He's a good machinist, so he takes care of all that stuff. I'm, I use it more as a drill press more than anything, <laughs> and but he's a really good machinist, so he takes care of all that side. So we do get a lot of uh, stuff like that in where it's one-off parts. And if you're making 50 of the same part, that's more a uh, shop that's got CNC, stuff like that. But one-off parts, yeah, we'll make those. And then... Napa Auto Parts is right next to me, so they get any broken bolts off in a head, yeah, and they've got a machine shop. So they'll bring a lot of parts over to me, and I bring a lot of the parts over to them. We kind of trade and work. Cool. But, uh, yeah, we basically do whatever keeps the lights on. Very cool. I got a one very, very important question. I think everybody here is going to want to know about your fabrication operation. Miller or Lincoln? Miller or Lincoln for your nope. welders? In my shop is 50 50. Oh. I, <laughs> I've got three Lincolns and two Millers. Yeah, and Millers being the one of the MIG welders and one of the TIG welders. And then my portable Ranger 8 in the bed of the truck is a Lincoln. And uh, another, my 350 MP. For a MIG welder, which is an awesome machine, nice is a Lincoln. Um, what do yeah, you... I'm kind of a whore when it comes to welders. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> what do you um, prefer doing the most? Like, what is like if you could, if money didn't matter and you could continue doing one thing out of your shop? What do you consider yourself like best at? What do you enjoy doing the most? I like building vehicles and I like building roll cages. Yeah, and roll cages is something that not a whole lot of people do. Um, and when you, if you take your time and do it right, and you stand back and look at it, you can be proud of it. Yeah, and, and it's not, like I said, it's not something that everybody does. It's, it, if you don't have the welder, you don't have the vendor. And it's just, I think they're cool when they're all said and done. So I like doing roll cages. The downfall is they're time consuming. And I don't get yes, to do a whole lot of roll cages like I would like to. Um, there's just too much other stuff coming into the shop, and and it's better money doing the stuff that comes in and goes back out. And as far as the shop standpoint, if I spend a week working on a roll cage for a custom Jeep application, and it just doesn't pay good enough. So, yeah, and you asked me when we were on the trip about like different motor swaps as far as getting into the newer Cummins motors or just doing the old 12 valve. And I said, I've only, I do the 12 valve, but I'm not opposed to doing a new electronic motor. And I like the new stuff. They've got way more power. It seems like more reliable power. Um, but again, when I say reliable, you do have to deal with all the electronic stuff. So, 
I could go either way. I just, I do what I'm paid to do. So I haven't had a chance to do any of the new electronic stuff yet as far as a newer Cummins in 24-valve or 6.7. That totally makes sense. Uh, you know, you said you like doing the roll cages. Um, with the, Do you also do those for drag cars and uh, some of the, the, the stock cars and sprint cars and stuff? Because I know, like, drag racing is really popular, Indiana, Ohio, uh, things like that. Do you ever get involved in any of that? Oh, I do. Yeah, and, and usually the ones that I get involved with are the guys that try to do them themselves, and they they mess up, and the tube ends up being too short, and they say, now I'm just going to pay somebody to do it. Well, yeah, and the NHRA the is very picky on uh, the way the roll cages can go. They can only be out of square so much, and the welds have to be perfect. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of... Uh, little tricks that they have to do with them. So it's it's cool knowing that, that you know, if any of our listeners, you're in uh, um, southern Indiana, Ohio area, things like that, and you need a roll cage, uh, talk to Joko uh, out there. Talk to Joe. Uh, Joe, how can people get a hold of you if they, uh, if they want to talk to you about some custom build on their rig or, you know, maybe their race car or anything like that or an old, old car or truck that they want worked on? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way is by phone. Yeah, just give me a call. I don't I don't deal that much with Facebook and the social media as far as I don't pay attention to it enough for people to message me on those platforms. So if they call it's uh phone number is four one nine nine five three nine seven zero nine. And that's just the best way. Yeah, perfect and that's myself so text me call me leave hey. a message well it sounds like the family is home and kind of getting ready for dinner or whatever may be going on but um you know so we probably should let you go there but i tell you what man uh it's been really good catching up with you and talking with you about different rigs that you've built and that you're working on and things like that and of course reminiscing about ultimate adventure uh, is there anything else, uh, we are getting short on time anyways as well, is there anything else that you would like to talk about, to add, to plug for your business, anything like that? I did have a question for Johnny. Yeah. Um, I was listening to some of the other podcasts, and yeah, and I could tell you're a stick shift guy, but Indeed. <laughs> what are you building? Yeah, and I hear you kind of ask questions about different stuff, but what are you going to build? So I've got uh, Project XJ. I know it covered that pretty in-depth in one of the early episodes. Uh, it's just a Cherokee project I've been working on for a little over 10 years now. And then my daily driver, uh, 01 Wrangler, that I diesel swapped and uh, left axles, tires, disc conversion, rebuilt the trans a couple times, and might be doing another one. <laughs> you also so have your Jeepster. diesel swap did you do? Uh, the OM six one seven, so a little Mercedes turbo diesel. Nice. So yeah, nothing too crazy, but I which like it. Which tranny behind it? AX fifteen. With which uh, transfer case two thirty one? Yep, just a stack two thirty one. The goal is keep it as stock as possible with it. So yeah, it, it was a nice uh, build. I like it. You'll have to go uh, wheeling with us sometime. We're pretty, uh, you know, local here, Joe. And so, um, 
you know, if you ever get time to come up to the mounds in Michigan or we could come down your way or something like that, uh, you know, I don't know what events are coming up throughout the 21 season, but uh, we should all get out on the trails eventually. My, I'm down. My Land Cruiser is in about probably as many pieces as your uh, Scout sounds <laughs> like it was before UA, but, um, you know, one of these rigs has got to get back together. We've even thought about doing a stalker run for some of the, the newer guys in the area and things like that. So that could always be fun as well. well but, if it goes too much longer, my yeah. Cherokee might be done in time. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Uh, Is that the 15 year plan on the Cherokee or? <laughs> no, it was originally like a two year plan. <laughs> she originally it was like a six month. Ten plan. Years. Yeah. About You've that. been really listening to our old episodes, <laughs> then, man. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, we appreciate you as a listener there. I, I didn't realize need to pay him or something. <laughs> yeah, I know he's interviewing you. I like yeah, it. He's, I'm he's, all right with it. He's Bring interviewing it you, and that's something else. I was just up there in Michigan between Christmas and New Year's. We were up there snowmobiling. So oh, nice. I probably wasn't too far away from you. Where'd you go? Uh, we were in Irons which is more on the west coast did you get much snow they had when we got up there they got another six inches while we were there mm. and we got a, some friends that have cabins up there so we go up and visit and hang out with them i'm not really yeah. sure where that is is that near traverse city or it is uh, okay i thought yeah, it might it be I, I i'd heard of it before but i couldn't quite remember um, so yeah, that's, yeah. uh, Northwest of us by about five hours, but, uh, so we're on the other side. We're right on the Canadian border here. Um, on see Canada the from the front kitchen. Yeah. You can actually see Canada <laughs> from the front window from where we're at right here, right now, but powerful uh, enough binoculars. Yeah. You could read license yeah. plates. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Or other. We're right on the St. Clair river. So the ships go right by and, and literally we're looking across to Canada. So that's how close that we are right here. But, um, you know, uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. And uh, seriously, we do need to get together and do some wheeling here in the near future. Uh, I'm hoping that some there's some more events here in 21, and maybe we'll even sponsor an event or something. And for folks who, uh, you know, you're wondering what rig we're talking about, um, you want to, you can actually just Google Joe Grishop and his, uh, which is G-R-I-S-C-H-O-P. Is that what it is? G R I E S H O P. Okay, I had that I had that off a little bit there. You can Google him, and you'll actually see pictures from four wheeler of his scout on UA. So Keith showed me a few of those, and that is a nice looking rig, man. You can see him in um, four wheeler magazine, and you can also go on Motor Trend on Demand uh, and YouTube to see the coverage for. Uh, UA 2020. Speaking of that, before we let you go, how did you uh, like being on TV and all of that? You know, I'm not really much for talking in front of cameras or even doing this podcast. I was a little, I didn't know how I was going to do. I You're doing I'd fine. Up and, yeah, well, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be on. But yeah, the Ultimate Adventure was a great trip. And anytime I get to go wheeling is yeah, well worth the trip. So. I was glad they called. Yeah, and that, like I said, I, in the beginning, I said uh, after we got back, Keith Bailey in the Blazer posted that he was going down to Tennessee. So uh, I ended up getting a hold of him and wheeling with him down there in Tennessee. And what I didn't realize, and it took me a while to figure this out, but he was doing a 
it's uh, it's it was 81 and older vehicles that he was taking on this trip and i i didn't realize that so i kept saying man where'd you find this much cool old iron yeah and there was a bunch of neat old vehicles there were some land cruisers blazers old cherokee chiefs and just neat old vehicles that you don't normally see around like where i'm at yeah and i'm sure you're the same way they're all rusted out and been scrapped for years by now. So to see all these vehicles out running around in the trails, it was pretty cool. And uh, he put together this trip with uh, for all these old vehicles. And, and I didn't know he does this every year. So I was able to tag along. Me and the kids went down there and uh, followed them guys around. It was a neat little trip. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool, man. That's really cool. Well, sir, um, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming really on. Appreciate the time. Thank and you. Uh, this episode will load in a few weeks. We'll uh, tag you on Facebook and everything when it does, and uh, you'll have to listen to yourself. And uh, now that you're wheeling famous here, you know, man, tell everybody there we said hi. <laughs> <laughs> good. My wife, or my mom and daughter just walked in. All right. Well, we're going to let you go, sir. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, man. Have a good one. All right. Good talk to you, Keith and Johnny. You too, sir. Bye-bye. That was fun. That That was fun. I love hearing these stories. I know I don't talk much on a lot of them, the interview ones, but, I mean, you were kind of there, so it's kind of... Just let you roll with it. <laughs> well, no, I know that, but, but at no, the same I, point, that's, I love the, it. that's the most I think I've ever heard Joe talk. He is a very yeah. soft-spoken guy, um, not much of a toot-his-own-horn type of guy, but I tell you what, the quality of that scout that he took, I mean, she's all I banged up. I saw the up. pictures of it. I mean, it's it's a little beat, but it, it's solid. The, the build it, quality is awesome. super yeah. solid. Yeah. You know? and it he doesn't care like about it. trail damage. Like, oh, no, no, that's cosmetic. Yeah. It's, I don't care sh- about looks as long as it functions. That's, exactly. That's with anything I do. Just and about. <laughs> I think he is probably the only rig that didn't have some sort of major breakdown, even like U joint starter, whatever, things that's like awesome. that. Like I said, shock mount. That's very minimal. <laughs> and I mean, after eight years of abuse, that's that's impressive. Exactly. I, maybe nice. the Land Cruiser that went on as well. I, I think maybe he had something though. But yeah, um, that was that thing was just super solid, no, super awesome. put together, and he wheeled it hard. He wheeled that's it really awesome. hard. So nice, um, man. Uh, you know, we're gonna keep rolling on this. But uh, you know, if people want to hear any more from us, or if they want to post pictures of their own scout project, where should they uh, get a hold of us? I like it, like it. Uh, so facebook.com slash groups. Uh, look up 4x4talk, 4x4talk. And, uh, yeah, it's a couple quick questions. Get you on the page. Start posting, as you said, anything about your scout. Got any questions about other vehicle builds, things we got going on, or just need advice, tips, suggestions, recommendations for your projects, go ahead post away. Uh, we'll weigh in. Other people can weigh in, of course, as they see fit. Uh, can also reach us, well, not really reach us, but listen to our after show on patreon.com slash radio called The End of the Trail. Get into some extra bonus content, things we don't necessarily get to in the show, and uh, all kinds of extras. It's a little more not PG-rated. We'll call it that for now. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> so a little more extra entertainment for you. Get more out of the show. Absolutely, and I'd like to thank once again Joe Grishup from Joko Welding and Fabrication for coming on. He's on Ohio. If 
really likes doing roll cages and engine swaps and things like that. So if you're looking for somebody to do some custom work for you, like he says, he's got bridge ports and stuff in, in house, uh, he can do your custom fabrication and I can attest personally, I've seen the quality of his builds, uh, top notch stuff. So you definitely want to give him a call. He said his number in the podcast there. You can also find him at Joko on Facebook, I believe. Uh, and if you're interested in hearing more about the Museum of Off-Road Adventure, uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Museum of Off-Road Adventure. You can find us that way. Uh, you can always tag us if you see something that's interesting. You can also join the Facebook group 4x4 Museum, which we do post articles and pictures of older 4x4 stuff and historical interests. So that's about it for me, John. So what do you say? That's about it for me as well. So with that, thanks for listening and have a good one, everybody. 